we all know that when the fire department goes there and does their job well, there's massive destruction to the house. Now you need somebody from a totally different perspective that deals with the house, but not in that situation. And you're gonna need a carpenter to rebuild the house. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Welcome to episode number 133 with Dr. Patrick Flynn. This is an amazing episode. I highly, highly recommend you listen to this one. If you skip all the rest of them, this is probably the best one I've recorded, and I'm not ashamed to say that. This was spot on. Dr. Patrick Flynn, DC, is the founder of the Wellness Way Clinics. In his youth, he experienced a series of events that led him to discover immune and neurological issues. This discovery prompted Dr. Flynn to begin his health journey, define his life purpose, and initiate the pursuit of his education. It ultimately led him to his dynamic career, where he has created a totally different approach to healthcare. He has attended numerous colleges and taken countless classes from prestigious learning institutions, including Palmer College of Chiropractic, National Health Sciences, and the Harvard Medical School. He took a class on Fundamentals Online Certification Program in Immunology, and all of which have honed his focus on hormones and the immune system. Dr. Flynn is a best-selling author of a book, I Disagree, is the book we're going to be covering today in this episode. His wildly popular public seminar, The Hormone Connection, has been viewed by hundreds of thousands of people. He has trained thousands of doctors, and his network now spans over 80 clinics around the world. The Wellness Way clinics are all over the place, I can tell you that. There's two in here in Atlanta, and there's soon to be more. Anyway, I hope you had a great January, and welcome to February. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. And please, if you have a minute, please rate and review the show. It matters the world to me. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Have a great February. Oh, Dr. Patrick Flynn. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast. Thank you for having me, Tate. Very excited to be on. Man, I've been looking forward to this throughout the holidays, actually, and it's an honor to have you. And I've read the book over the last few weeks, and it's an amazing book. It's called uh, I Disagree, How These Two Words Are the Secret to Thinking Differently and Taking Control of Your Health. It's so spot on. What a world we live in. Perfect timing for everything that's going on in the world over the last couple of years. Man, before we dive into your book, though, who is Patrick Flynn and what was your catalyst into transitioning into into the health and wellness realm? I think the book itself and my journey came from a need. I saw a need that wasn't being fulfilled. I grew up in the northern Wisconsin. I was a country boy, still in country boy by heart. And I had health problems that our current medical system 
still tries to approach those same exact conditions the same way. And I'm 47 years old. And I think it's actually even a little bit worse how they address the problems today. And I, as a teenager, I started to search out for some different answers because I just disagreed with what the doctors were saying. Then what happened is that led me to a different education, education that allowed me to see things from a different perspective. And then I came up with a different approach. That's all it really was. It was just, you know, if you see some of the most incredible stories in healthcare and business, it's because there was a need that people were not feeling the people were screaming for it. And no joke, I was 13 years old when I started this venture. And that led me to go, okay, listen, that set me on the path to college. It gave me some direction. But then I didn't realize that my need would turn into something where obviously people know me the most about hormones, but that's not why I went to school. I had my own health issues that led me down more of a path of immunology. And then all of a sudden I came in contact with this beautiful woman and that led to the whole hormonal thing that people recognize now and I get to speak on all over the world. And that's why when all of a sudden we're in our current state of SARS-CoV-2 came about, I had a lot to say about it because my issues were stemmed from immune issues. And a lot of what I practice, even with hormones, deals with immune issues. So it just stemmed from a need. And I think what, what happens in our current healthcare system, and I've created great analogies for people to understand things, that they can actually have a perspective of what kind of doctor you may need or what isn't going to have the answers for what you need at a specific time. Awesome. And the interesting part about this is that people are so afraid to call a doctor out. And they think because if they went to school to be a doctor, and I'm not, they are, they went to school for thinking that they were going to help people. Unfortunately, the system that they go to school in actually prepares them just to touch the bases, barely. Yeah, I think that if we look at, um, and we could start with my analogy because that sets the basis for everything I believe. We are asking doctors questions they shouldn't be answering. And that comes with SARS-CoV-2. The ask comes from hormones. That comes from everything. And because if you look at the current system we have, if we just, and then we'll work backwards. So I always tell people this. Think of our current healthcare system, and let's call it medical system. I want you to think of it like the fire department. If you think about it, there's a perspective they have. If your house catches on fire, the fire department's going to get there as quickly as possible. And they're going to use axe and hoses to put your fire out. God bless. And I believe that if you look at today, even the fire department over the last 40 years has advanced in their technology and their methods. And they can put out fires better, faster than they did 30, 40 years ago. But we all know this. We all know that when the fire department goes there and does their job well, there's massive destruction to the house. Now, if they do their job effectively and there's no chance of their fire, you actually are left with a burnt up house. Now, think about that. Now you need somebody from a totally different perspective that deals with the house, but not in that situation. And you're going to need a carpenter to rebuild the house. The carpenter will actually look at the house differently even after the fire department is done. Fire department is saying, man, I'm amazing at what I did. I'm fantastic. I saved the house. The carpenter goes, man, this is a total mess. And they're both right. They really are. It depends on the situation. If the house is burning on fire, guess what? It's fantastic the fire department is there. But... The carpenter goes, yeah, you did a good job, but you left it in a shambles, and now i got to rebuild it and put it back new. That's healthcare today. And we're so dominant in the fire department medical thinking of drugs and surgery, axes and hoses, 
that if a carpenter doctor like me comes along and says, cool, you, you, you saved a life, you saved a house, we live a little bit longer except for the last five years, our life expectancy is going down. To think that you understand how to build a house, how to take care house, or even figure out where fires come from, where diseases come from, you don't. We don't, have, we don't really have a healthcare system. We have a fire department disease system of management. And so when SARS-CoV-2 comes around, which is nothing more than a little protein with a fatty acid, because we're so burnt up on the inside and so weak, a lot of people's houses crumble from a simple little match. And the sad part is this, and if you have any kind of conversations or talking about the other side from a carpenter standpoint, guess what happens? You're censored, you're shut down. I can't even do a live show on Facebook. It doesn't matter, I still have it all on my website. But right now, because as I'm even talking about documented stuff, they censor you. So it's just, a, I think that when people look at hormones, everything's looked from the fire department medical side. And I'm telling you right now, you can't rebuild the house with an ax and a hose. You can't take care of a body and make it healthy with a drug or surgery. There's never been a scientist or a doctor who's ever proven that, and nor is it ever going to be, because theirs is all about disease manipulation and management. You cannot manipulate your body back to health. Yes, I'm bored 100%. And I agree with you. I don't disagree with you on this. I looked at the fact that you went to and studied uh, immunology and, and at Harvard Medical School. And well, class, class, you know, took some it classes took there and stuff right. like that. That's Aced fine. It, but I took some classes there. Right. Well, I mean, it's still immunology and it's still important, especially like to your point with SARS-CoV-2. And here we're in a spot and I've been following you on this and watching your videos on YouTube. And, and then we've got now we've got the Joe Rogan episodes. And then we've got Neil Young coming to the coming in. Spotify. <laughs> telling if you don't take him off, I'm going to take my music off. And, and, and let's face it, Neil Young was one of those, Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen were both those people that sung protest songs. Now yep. they're freaking buying into this, in my opinion, garbage. But we get shut down for saying stuff on the cat. And, and there's many doctors who have, I mean, look at Dr. McCullough. I mean, he, he, he's been hounded and played i mean they started to shut him down fast and not only he's not the only one there's a right. lot of really really good doctors that are getting shut down and stifled and blocked and manipulated out of the system because of this because here's what happens this is we are so dominant in one thinking and our current medical system has its tentacles and everything political and people don't realize people say well they're not with big tech yes they are Actually, half the stock that people own from big tech to pharmaceutical, they're very intertwined. Actually, Mark Zuckerberg has actually invested heavily into pharmaceutical stock, and his wife started a foundation on vaccines and things like that. See, if you look at it this way, but regardless, I don't care what the conversation is, people always search out for answers. They really do. Because all these people that believed in the COVID vaccine that are now damaged or hurt, they reach out to people like us. And I told everybody this, I've been doing this for way before it was popular. I, I started this back in the mid-90s. I started, I started clinical practice, and which led me to have offices now all over the world in the, in the late 90s. And that's why when this vaccine fight came along, this was nothing new for us, but it's just that now it's become more public. But here's what happens. Think about this. 
every person, even that was on this podcast, there might be one exception or another exception. Think about this, is you're trained since you were little to be a drug user. Your parents said something wrong, take this, do these things, go to the doctor, do these things. And you're growing up in that fire department medical system. My children weren't, but they also understand its role. And that's the thing. So as we see these things come about, I, I actually have enjoyed the COVID process. doesn't mean I haven't fought. doesn't mean it hasn't been a battle. But I'm very encouraged to watch that when I, before COVID, 10% of people questioned vaccines. Now 36% do because they were forced to look into things and they realized not only they lie about that, they lie about all vaccines and stuff. And so that's like, just like this, like the hormone thing. Do you understand that women actually are convinced that birth control is okay for them? Right. And if you look at the, if you look at the classification of birth control, it's known as an endocrine disruptor. Do you understand? There is no such thing as a natural birth control. There is not. And that I just covered the other day that they're coming out with a male gel birth control. And how does it work? Manipulation and knocking down your own testosterone, giving you a progestion, which is going to lead all these people to cancer, just like right. the vaccine eventually is going to do. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to stay on this topic too long. But what amazes me is it took the CDC, who we're supposed to look up to and respect, two years to figure out comorbidities are part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a, come on, man. We, well, you and I, know that two years ago. Yep, yeah, because our carpenter viewpoint has never changed. Saying it has never changed because before even this, we were battling flu shots. And what do I mean by that? is the fact that people say, well, my doctor said I need a flu shot. Okay, so let's look at his viewpoint. His whole viewpoint is the fire department situation. He's looking at people that are dying. He's going, well, at least we can try to manipulate the immune system for a short time to get you through. And we all know people, I personally know people and family members that have died from the flu. Now, I came in contact with some of those people. Why didn't I die? Because the germ theory, if the germ theory of disease was correct, nobody would be even alive to even talk about it because we'd all be dead if we came in contact with a germ. Then people say, it's their immune system. All right, so show me a drug or surgery that makes your immune system normal. Well, there is none. So then no matter what you try to do, you're in the wrong pathway. You're going down the wrong road. And so what I did where I was different than every other speaker, because I've been speaking on medical stages, natural stages for 20 years, I said, listen, it's okay to be a doc that can go against what they're telling you. But then what do you offer the public that gives them a different way to go? And, and that's when I started the wellness way. And so listen, I not only the fact, yes, I get asked to speak. I'm on podcasts multiple times per week. I have huge seminars across the United States and Europe. And what happens is, but then what I did is I created a place where doctors of all kinds, from chiropractors to NPs to some MDs to other people, medical people, a lot of nurses, where people can come and then get care for the answers that they couldn't get that the medical system has failed dramatically on. And yes, I built my whole career just on fertility alone. For Now remember, and no one ever showed up in my office first. They've had so many failed IVS, so many problems, so much uh, sorrow. And then they came to our offices and gave them a different way. Interesting. All right, let's, we're gonna get away from the elephant in the room mm -hmm. and move into the book, because this is yeah. an amazing book. And your analogies, like I said earlier, are just so spot on. It's just, they're great. Thank you. So you got into women's hormones because of your wife, correct? Yep, 
Yes. Yes. So when I met her, so I, I was 24 years old at the time and she was 23. I was just finishing up uh, my doctorate degree. And then what ended up happening was I was actually met her and we started dating, as you know, the story in the book. And in our dating life, after a couple of weeks, she told me that she couldn't have children. And I knew from my background, even though I have not been in clinical practice yet, except for in school, that, listen, what they were telling her was all fire department medical viewpoints. So you get my analogy, medicine is the fire department, always put on fires or drugs and surgery. And she was taking medications, but she was also taking supplements. She's also seeing a chiropractor. She's also seeing natural doctors. But, and I know this still today, and that's why sometimes when I say this, it doesn't settle well on both sides of the aisle. I think the medical and the natural movement has failed people dramatically because it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. To give you an example, a person will call me up and say, Doc, I'm on levothyroxine. What can I take naturally to get off it? Well, there's no such thing as something natural. Yet you watch natural people say, don't take this drug, take iodine, take all these things. And it's like going, do you understand? You're just trying to play fire department with natural things. And that's why that system has failed dramatically. But that's why over time, you'll see the natural movement always fail because at least a drug can manipulate and force something to do it that way. And I'm like, listen, that's still not a carpenter viewpoint. So that's why it was significant to go, all right, there's things that she is missing. And then I dug deep and we're going to share about it today. And I not only found the keys to female hormones, but I also found some keys to not only were they lying to people about female hormones, but most women still to this day are absolutely clueless about their hormones. So they don't know how to take care of them. So they depend on doctors that don't even have any plan or any path that's going to keep them healthy. Yep, I agree. It's a common it's a common phrase I get when I get and remember I get interviewed on a lot of medical. I was interviewed by a very known pediatrician, and he got done. He's like, "You need to teach me how to be a carpenter." And now because <laughs> I didn't invalidate him being a fire department type doctor, okay? Right. If you understand the role, I have no problem. This happened the other day. My biological dentist who was absolutely amazing. I would just get my teeth clean, tick my gum. And guess what happens at night? I tried to take CBD, tried to take California poppy, tried to actually, I, I even ran to the gas stations I don't have at my house to get some aspirin, okay? Didn't work. Thank God my, my, one of my docs had some marijuana gummies and I even slept really good that night. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the thing is this, is like, so I understand medications and their needs. I just am very cautious when people say I need to be on this medication the rest of my life unless you've had some permanent surgery, like let's say you had a full hysterectomy. I'm not saying you don't need to be on a medication. I'm saying just go with a safer bioidentical and not some HRT. So, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Let's talk about the early on the book. What is health to you? Well, it's actually quite well-defined and easy to actually get people to understand. That's why I spend some time focusing on that. Health is not the absence of a disease. It's not because here's what happens. If you, and this is clinical examples I've had. And I even shared this one in the book. I had a nurse practitioner come from the local hospital. She thought she had some hormone problems and she didn't want to be stuck on birth control and all things like that. So she said, Doc, can you help me? So I took an x ray and I saw that there was a tumor in her belly. Well, guess what happened? I sent her back to Aurora to make sure the tumor wasn't going to kill her. But they said, Listen, it's fine. It's benign. It's not going to grow. But let's say it was. Let's say it was malignant and it could kill her. I personally believe 
that with the development over the last 30, 40 years of medical skills, that's safer to go in there now than it was 20, 30 years ago and possibly remove it and extend her life. But extend her life doesn't make her healthy. Extend her life, uh, removing that, doing that surgery, all it did was extend her life. It didn't make her a healthier individual because you know what happens within a very short time statistically? It comes back because that unhealthy body developed that tumor. And all medicine does is buy you some time, which I'm thankful for. So give them credit for that. But here's what happens. Health is still not about nutrition. It's not about exercise. It's not about sleep. Because I can give you thousands of examples and every listener on here has heard of people that never eat good, never exercise, never sleep, never do things right, smoke every day, drink every day, and live to 100 years old. And see, that's where, and on the flip side, I know a person, I've had thousands of these, uh, people that came in contact with secondhand smoke and actually got cancer. See, so that's why it's very confusing what people think health is. And, but health comes down to its basic definition. It's a condition of wholeness. That means all the organs in the body are actually functioning 100% of the time. That you look at any definition of health, it comes back to that. That means that's why a person can actually, that means, for example, let's give a, a very extreme example, but there are people to where their body doesn't work and process and coordinate together so well that if they cut their finger, they could bleed to death. They're called hemophiliacs. Now, you can make them eat really good. You can make them exercise. You make them sleep. And guess what happens? Their, their finger doesn't still heal up. See, there's some functional loss that was there or disruption that leads to that. So that's why your most investigative carpenter-based doctors are digging for those things that not only uh, disrupt function, but then individually look at what an individual needs to give them that carpenter, raw material, lumber, plaster, nails, and everything on how to build their body. And that's very individualized. So that's why no two people can be treated the same. So when somebody tells me that a vaccine is effective for everybody, that's an outright lie. You know nothing about immunology. You know nothing about biochemistry. You know nothing about anatomy if you think that's possible. So therefore, guess what? We need to really take the individual aspect that way. So health, if you ever look at this way, look at any system of the body. If there's something disrupting the function, it's going to turn into some pathology and disease. And all what happens, if you think about it this way, your body is trying to survive all that process. For example, right now it's 15 below here in Green Bay. No joke, when I walked in this morning. If I just strip down into my underwear and walk outside, I'm going to stress out my body. And my body's going to do everything it can to survive. And that stress will eventually cause some disruption to my function to the point it's going to pull all of my blood to my core and I can lose my fingers and toes. And people say, well, doc, the, your body's dumb. Look at you lost your fingers and toes. Do you understand your body never makes a mistake? It never makes a mistake. It's always adapting. And see, medicine, functional medicine, integrated medicine, all think the body makes mistakes. And if you cannot figure out the body if you think of it that way. That's why I tell people. That's why I was really blessed to actually look at all the health professions when I was actually a teenager and going, their perspective is that we're a machine that breaks down. That's not true. That's not true at all. Do you say, I'm, our body is in constant growth and regeneration. And because we don't know how to build bodies, most of us are in a constant state of inflammatory degeneration and we're actually can't keep up to it 
because no one taught us how to keep on building the house. So I know it's a long explanation of health. That's perfect. But that's how you figure out hormones. That's how you figure out the immune system. That's how you figure out the cardiovascular system. That's how you take the Swiss watch as you love my analogy. Every body part is connected to every body part. Yeah, let's go. That's what that brings me to homeostasis and that analogy. So let's go into that because especially now with, with the SARS-CoV-2, stress is at an all-time high. Absolutely. And we're running around like, you know, either you wear a mask or you're stressed about the person not wearing a mask or you're stressed about or people are with that don't wear a mask are stressed because people are wearing masks. And it's just a revolving door of stress, which knocks us out of homeostasis. Yep. And then your body goes into a form of adaptation, which eventually leads to a disease. Remember, disease, do you understand? And this is a concept that I taught over 20 years ago, and still no scientist has ever disproven me. And it's how we've reversed so much disease in our, in our actually our clinical practices. Do you understand that disease is a survival mechanism? Because if I could not adapt to the cold temperature out there, I would die immediately. But my body's gonna go into a fight or flight pathological state to make sure that I don't die. Yes, and that pathology can eventually overtake you. But if you wouldn't have developed that disease right away, you would have died instantaneously. So knowing that, okay, knowing the fact that when you look at stress, how, why I created the analogy of a Swiss watch was because our current fire department medical system separates the body into parts. It's why they'll never figure out, figure out COVID. It's why medical system will never figure out pathology even though medical science has, but medical practice has not. Let me give you an example. If you were to actually just jump on the PDR, the physician death reference, which if you know anything about medications, which I've studied every medication that comes out, every, all the new ones, everything. If you look at the most, one of the most common hormonal medications taken today, it's a form of Synthroid or Levothyroxine. Mm. Okay, we know that. There's roughly 30 million people in the United States that take it. It's a very normally prescribed drug. But you know what's really interesting? What you need to do is go look this up. This will freak you out. You can go to pdr.org, and it's just on the internet. You have to post drug interactions, contraindications. And it says right out on the contraindications, it says, do not take this medicine if you actually have adrenal insufficiency. Do you understand that the adrenals have a dramatic effect on how the thyroid functions? And now what that means is that organ can actually have some stress and problem with it, and it can cause a thyroid problem. And if you take a medication to alter that thyroid, you can actually make the adrenals worse and cause even more problems. And see, that people do not realize the body's like a Swiss watch. All these gears interact and work together. Medicine separates it. They separate in the parts, and they don't even talk to each other. So therefore, guess what? They'll never figure out health problems. They're always going to be in specific organ management. That's why they're specialists. And I have defined specialists. Specialists are persons that know more and more about less and less. <laughs> Put the blinders on the specific organ. And if you ever talk to a person that gives you a medication for a thyroid, just do this. If you have taken any form of thyroid medication and they didn't test your adrenals first, the doctor is not doing what's clinically right. You have to test the adrenals before you can give a thyroid medication. That's on the drug handout. And everybody watching is going, they didn't even talk to you about my adrenals. I don't even really know what my adrenals are. But that's, I can practice medicine better than they can because I understand the concept of 
physiology and biochemistry and that Swiss watch principle. And I give a funny analogy that people do not realize. Do you understand that the number one reason why people go to the doctors over the age of 40 is high blood pressure? Now, I want you to think about this. If I was in studio with you and all of a sudden I came and I stepped on your big toe, do you know that your big toe controls your heart? And people say, no, it doesn't. Yep, when I smash your big toe, what happens to your heart rate? It goes up. That means your blood pressure goes up. That means your cholesterol levels go up. That means your cortisol goes up. That means your blood sugar goes up. And here's my point. So do I run and get you a medication to lower the blood pressure? Do I give you a bunch of supplements? Or do I get off your damn toe? Now, here's my point. I know everybody's kind of smiling and laughing right now. But you understand today, millions of people are going to go into the doctor and say, I have high blood pressure. And they're going to say, here's your drug. And then people are going to, because the internet, they're going to say, I don't want a medication for all the problems. And they're going to look for natural replacements. And we have a bunch of people run around in the same thinking from the fire department thinking, saying, don't use a drug, use a supplement. Now I'm telling you they're both wrong. I'm telling you, for example, is this. You need to find those stressors. And those physical stressors, there's chemical stressors, and there's mental stressors. And by far, the number one thing that throws off female hormones is mental stressors. I've proven that. I've dealt with it clinically for 23 years. I've looked at just personally having a ton of offices all over the world. I've looked at well over 100,000 hormone labs. But you know what's really funny? And this could be a lead into another discussion. Doctors of all forms don't know how to test hormones. I've never seen any doctor from a functional medicine to an integrative to a medical doctor ever test hormones properly. And I can prove it very quickly from a simple, from some, a couple of simple statements. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a client right here who's, we're going, her, her She's not losing weight. Yep. She works out a lot. And the doc and I wanted to see her thyroid panel. So she asked the doctor to run. You know what he ran? TSH. Yeah. Which, like, is okay. which where her example, they'll justify it based on their, and it's all based on levothyroxine and synthroid. But it's really simple. And, and I can, and here, and that's why when I talk about, and they think of being critical, but what happens is this, that's not even a thyroid hormone, right. but their testing is dramatically incomplete. So I asked the public and I asked the world this, and it may be popular, but medicine still has not changed anything on their stuff. No. And I said, listen, how can you get a physical or mental assessment of a woman, especially with her hormones, when your testing is incomplete? It's like, listen, most people do not know that when you test the thyroid, if you don't just test, if you just test the thyroid and get T4, T3, TBG, and all the things with the thyroid, if you don't test adrenal hormones, or certain immune markers like the Swiss watch, you cannot figure out a thyroid problem. Right. You cannot. Now, when I go speak at medical stages, they don't disagree with it. But here's the problem. It's medical research and medical practice never match up. Their medical tools, the drugs and surgeries do not allow them to deal with these things. But they still act like they're the authority. And insurance companies step in there. Sure. So when I met my wife, so let's go back to the beginning. Now, remember, in school, I was taught about certain hormones, just like every doctor is. And so therefore, when I actually, but see, I had the concepts of the Swiss watch. I didn't produce the analogies yet. I had the concepts of the fire department carpenter. I didn't create the analogies yet. What happened, I did know this. I did know that when my wife approached me, I said, well, what are you going through? And she talked about a severe case of endometriosis. You know, she had cysts. She had ulcerative colitis. She had cystic acne. She had cluster headaches. 
And just by being in school, I knew that there was some estrogen component. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask all the audience right here. And it sounds so simple when I say this, but follow me on this. I will, I, when I'm talking to big crowds, even medical schools, I, I did this at medical school one time. I said, raise your hand if you've heard of the hormone estrogen. Because we all know testosterone is the major dominant hormone for guys. But estrogen is the major dominant hormone for women. And everybody obviously raises their hand. And I say, that's why most of you guys have hormonal problems if you're women and why the world is so misled on hormones. And they're looking at me kind of perplexed. Estrogen is not a hormone. Let me say it again. Estrogen is not a hormone. Estrogen is a term that describes many hormones. And then my next question is the women said, have you had all those estrogens tested? And there comes the deer in the headlight look. And so what I did as a young practitioner at 24 years old, I called up the largest labs and I said, can I measure these? And they said, yes. Their response was, why? And insurance doesn't pay for them. And I said, I'm not looking for what insurance pays for. I'm looking for an assessment because these estrogen-based conditions, when you're testing one hormone, if you're cyclic, it's estradiol. If you're menopausal, it's estrone. And I looked at my wife's hormones and her estradiol was normal on her blood work. And so therefore they said, we don't know why you have endometriosis, so we're just gonna cut it out. Hmm. So then what I did is I ran all of her estrogens and saw, saw that her 4-hydroxy and other estrogens, and I know me saying that, people are like, what the heck is 4-hydroxy? Hmm. It's a me metabolic form of estrogen, but it can only be done by urine. So then I came along at 24 and 25 years old and said, listen, if you do not test both blood and urine together, you cannot have a proper assessment of women's hormones. And, and even if you do blood or just urine, your testing is dramatically incomplete. So you're making judgments on women's health that affects them both physically and psychologically with incomplete testing. And it resonated all over the world. And it did. And I started testing everybody different than anybody at the time. And still this day, I'm still the best at it. And I'm proud to say that. And now I've taught thousands of doctors to the point where we had to open up clinics all over the world for people to get care like this. And yes, there's people that have copied me. I guarantee my analogies. You've heard them in the functional medicine world. You, had, you, heard them in the, you heard them in the integrative world, in the chiropractic world. I, I'm happy that they use my analogies. I started those things back in the 90s and stuff. But clinically, I've been doing it longer than everybody. And now that's giving me an opportunity to say, listen, here's what you need to do. And then the cool thing was this. I did what drug companies did. I tried to convince doctors, both chiropractors, functional medicine people, integrative doctors, medical doctors about what I was doing. And they gave me a little palm to the face. So I did what drug companies did. I went direct to consumer, just like they did. They said, screw trying to give the doctors gifts and stuff of like that. We're going to say commercials that say, ask your doctor if it's right for you. But what I started doing was videos and things like that and sharing this with the public and got millions of views and millions of hits. And then people started to listen to what I had to say. A YouTube channel is quite interesting, mm -hmm. as is your website. I mean, thank you. While we're, I was going to go into, I was going to go into hormones here. So let's go. Let's talk about. First of all, let's bring up men because men are simple. Yep. I, I like to compare a woman and a man to that stereo system I had back in the seventies, with, and you had the Harman Kardon speakers and the, all these nice speakers, and you had all these dials, and you had to adjust. You got in there put Steely Dan on or whatever you wanted to listen to. And then you tweak the 
the dials, in, and that's a woman. There's a yep. lot of dials. Men, yes, sir. let's talk about men. I was doing male hormones at the clinic. It was pretty cut and dry. There's yep. some things you got to dial in. You got to look at certain things, but, and you still got to look at the estrogen for, or estrogen hormones, not estrogen. Let's talk about the men first, and then we'll go into the women because, you know, you're the hormone whisperer. Yeah. So let's start <laughs> with the men. Obviously, it's a simpler discussion because there's only one phase of life after you hit puberty and stuff because you keep puberty your whole life for a male. It's different than women because you go from a childhood to cyclic to menopausal, so they have one extra stage of life. But a men, and we can break this down pretty simply. If you were watching any football over the last weekend, which I don't, but let's say you were, and ESPN or any male-based channel, you're going to see some stuff like GNC has some stuff out there, or you're going to look at, or you're going to look at some hormone replacement therapies. You're going to see some supplement like GNC has some stuff out there, or you're going to look at, or you're going to look at some hormone replacement therapies. Speaking in South Nashville during Franklin, this was probably maybe some couple months ago, and I got in there at nighttime, got in the hotel, I walked out to take a nice walk outside because I like fresh air and I get up before the sun, watch the sun come up, and all of a sudden. I walked out and I'm like, and there's a testosterone clinic. You understand that testosterone placement clinics are popping up like Starbucks. Now, why? If you think about it this way, if you want to really understand male hormones, you have to understand first production. You have to do that in both males and females. Production for a male is quite simple. You need LH hormone from the brain and you need cholesterol. You, those two things, now granted, is there, do you need some other nutrients? Absolutely. But if you actually have LH hormone from the brain, from the pituitary, and cholesterol, your testosterone production can be very significant. Mm -hmm. Because even with a shitty diet, oh, sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to swear. Even a crappy diet, okay? <laughs> now, I'm not encouraging a crappy diet at right. all. But, but you can get some nutrients and you can produce testosterone. Well, then, Doc, why are male hormones so low today? It's not because of a production problem. Mm -hmm. I, 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 and here, let me explain. If you look at what happens, if there is physical trauma to a testicle, or if there is an adenoma, where there's uh, some scarring on the pituitary, which does happen, I've seen them both clinically. Yes, you may need some form of bioidentical the rest of your life. I don't disagree with that. Um, I'm not a fan of testosterone shots because of the synthetic ass nature of it that way. But here's what happens. Most men at any age can produce a significant amount of hormone. But here's what happens. There can be disruptors, just like there can be things that throw off the function of it. Statin drugs are probably one of the biggest contributors mm -hmm. to it because statin drugs will manipulate cholesterol levels. So therefore, the level of testosterone, that's why if you look at the side effects of statin drugs, it's actually low hormones and impotence to all those problems. But even with that, I've still seen people on statin drugs still make a significant amount of testosterone. So I'm giving you just from my clinical experience, and nice thing about having almost 100 offices across the U.S., I get all the data because I'm a big data person. When you look at a male hormones, they don't test all the hormones, and you led a little bit to it when you first introed it. You need to test testosterone and free testosterone, no doubt. But if you don't test all the estrogens in a male, you miss it. Now, what do I mean by that? Prostate cancer isn't a testosterone problem. Prostate cancer can be a DHT problem, but it's more of an estrogen problem. Mm -hmm. But here's what happens. Most men produce testosterone and then they convert it into their estrogens. Mm -hmm. And that's why they have a lot of problems, including one out of men, one out of every hundred breast cancer diagnoses are men now today. 
See, because they convert it, they take that beautiful production. And testosterone is not an end-stage hormone, so it can be converted into other hormones, estrogens being the number one thing it converts to. And the number one stimulation of it is an enzyme called aromatase. Mm -hmm. And the number one stimulation to aromatase production in men is actually sugar consumption. So therefore, anything that increases a person's sugar consumption, anything or blood sugar, can actually cause their testosterone to convert into other forms of hormone that are taking away their major production. And that's the, that, to me, is probably the number one reason why testosterone is so low, which gives males a lot of control. It's why the obesity epidemic has affected men so dramatically, because it's going to tank their hormones. Now you start lowering their hormones, you create every metabolic disease from cancer, heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, because testosterone itself is an anabolic regenerative hormone. It's a very aggressive hormone. So there's things that disrupt function by chemicals. For example, steroids massively change the blood sugar of a male. So if they're in an anti-inflammatory, that will increase their glucose levels in their blood, which will actually start to lower testosterone. That's where there's a connection there. So it's more about they're converting their production out than it is of a loss of production. Yeah, I want to tie in. One of the things I see a lot of is stress and sleep with men, especially your uh, your movers and your shakers mm-hmm. who are all stressed out, you know, flying, traveling between different time zones and yeah. waking up early, flying back late. And that, let's talk about that aspect of the testosterone cascade because that that plays a huge part and it's hard to explain to people you lose sleep, okay? You affect pituitary function. And let's go back to that LH production, right. okay? That's where you, that's where the sleep cycle comes in. A guy, I understand this. If you look at a hormonal cycle, the best time to actually get hormone production, and, and it's very evident in the male, is testosterone is higher in the morning. That's where the morning erection came from. But the, but the idea is this. It's important for men to go to bed between 9 and 10. That's why when people tell me they stay up to 11, 12 females, it's even worse. But people need to bed between 9 and 10. I'm in bed 9 and 10. My last hormone test, I'm at 846. And here's what happens. I'm in bed between 9 and 10. I actually take things like Makuna to help my LH production and stuff like that, which is, for example, is a great precursor for all of our neurotransmitters. So I, I give my bio what it does. My cholesterol levels are perfect. I actually, my I, sugar destroys men, so keep away from it. And there's only one thing I do want to caution when it comes to talking about stress in general, there are stressors. There's physical, there's chemical, and there's emotional. Here's what happens. I want you to think about this because this is where our political world and the feminist world hate, but no one's disproved me on this yet. Men actually do well with mental stress. They do. They don't do well with no sleep, but here's what happens. If I were in the room with you right now and I attacked you, what happens to your stress? What happens to your mental stress? It jumps up. What right. happens to your testosterone levels? It goes up. So actually, mental stress will make you stronger. Mm-hmm. It'll crush a warm one's hormones. Now, durung, sugar, no sleep, things that can disrupt pituitary function. We can call those stressors, but we have to distinguish between emotional stress and chemical stress and physical stress because not sleeping is a physical stress to the body. That's detrimental to male hormones. There's no doubt. Okay, because you're throwing off that beautiful sleep cycle. But as far as mental stress, men are meant to handle it. They really are. 
And the next thing I want to go into, and this this kind of moves us into the wonderful world of women and all the complications that they have, but because this happens with men too. You have great analogies, so I wanted to present this to you, especially for women, because when you tell a woman that she's estrogen dominant, yep, and she sees her estrogen levels as high, mm-hmm. first of all, you and I both know there's more than one estrogen, or estrogen yep. is not a, a hormone. Yep. But from the doctors telling her that she has a lot of estrogen, they think they have it. But when I say they're, you're estrogen dominant, they freak out. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. The doctor told me I'm not. Yep. So let's. what is a good way for people to understand estrogen dominance? Because sugar leads into that. And men, there's a lot of men with estrogen dominance, yep. of course, which is, drives the testosterone lower. They have to distinguish, and that's why you have to talk about all the estrogens. Because there are estrogens like like 2-hydroxy and 2-methyl that are very protective, okay? So that's why when they demonize estrogen, call, talking about estrogen dominance is a, actually very misleading when it comes to the human right. body. So therefore, when you look at the conditions like even what my wife suffered with with endometriosis, there's specific estrogens that are elevated that can lead to its growth and metastasis of those cells very quickly. And there's estrogens that can actually lead to the inhibition of that growth. So what I want to do is very specifically is test all those individual markers of all the estrogens, some that are going to be metastasizing, some that are going to be inhibitory, and we got to see the balance of them. Because if your 4-hydroxyesterone is elevated or estradiol is elevated, the lining of your uterus is going to grow dramatically. The breast tissue is going to metastasize very quickly. And it can be a very bad day. And then on top of it, the major counteracting hormone is progesterone. So even if your estrogen levels are normal and progesterones are low, guess what happens to your body? It looks like there is estrogen dominance because you can't inhibit that production. See, there are so many factors that do that. But here's the key. And this is where you and I and other practitioners can dominate. Say, listen, if you look at breast cancer, and you survive the medical treatments of chemotherapy, radiation, or surgery, they're going to generalize and say, estrogens did that. So we're going to give you a medication that inhibits its production, Mm -hmm. and that's called the aromatase inhibitor. That makes no sense because there are estrogens that are breast protective. There are estrogens that are tissue protective to stop its metastasis. So which ones are they inhibiting? All of them. So that's why the success of aromatase inhibiting drugs has been extremely misleading and actually even led to breast cancer coming back again because it's really sad because you're not going to stop that production coming from the ovary or even other tissues. They're trying to manipulate fat tissue with that drug. So it's really misleading that they're actually generalizing estrogen dominance Mm -hmm. as a factor that women actually believe estrogens are bad for them. Dear Stan is the dominant female hormone and to when they reduce the estrogen which is neuroprotective. That's why some of the major side effects of hormone-tasting drugs and other estrogen-manipulated drugs is actually dementia, depression, suicide. So they, they, we've done a disservice to women. And it frustrates me because I watch great educated women listen to doctors like they know everything. Mm. And I'm sorry they don't. Do you understand? There's not one medical doctor that ever disagrees with what I say. The the only people that shout and call me a quack or do different things are people that have to give up what they've been taught to actually 
get great clinical results with the patients that they want to take care of. Bravo. I, I, it's hard to say I disagree any on this podcast because I, <laughs> I'm, well, what I'm like, talk about? We've talked about biochemistry, I know, bio, anatomy, yeah. physiology, and right. every person watching this can go back to a book. Right. It's just that because I'm teaching you from a carpenter standpoint and the language is different. So I had to create this kind of healthcare. I had to create a whole different language. Functional medicine is just medicine with natural things and their language is the same and stuff like that. Guess what? Medicine itself fights internally. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, a vaccine. It's still all medical. So when I actually had Dr. Malone and Dr. McAuliffe on my show, I think they're two of the greatest fire department doctors in the world. But if you were to ask them how to build those immune cells, they have no clue. I've asked them. They ask me. You saying? <laughs> right. And we can get into that too, because I'm a carpenter doctor. My job is to assess the immune system. So when I came along at a young age saying, I'm going to test all the immune cells, well, that makes complete sense. Did Trump or Biden or any of these guys get on and say, it's not a pandemic of the unvaccinated? And now watch, now we're saying, look it, it's the vaccinated people. It's not the pandemic of the vaccinated people. It's the pandemic of the unhealthy. And so a vaccinated person that's unhealthy will end up with another infection. And so they have to create a term that sounds better than they're still sick. And they call it a breakthrough infection. Yet if I would measure their CD4, their CD8, their natural killer cells, and they're compromised, you can get every shot and everything you want, and you're still going to have other infections, and you're still immunocompromised. And if you don't get the shot and you get COVID, you could die. Just because you hate the shot does not make your immune system normal. Oh, boy. I'm telling you. I know. Put me on Joe Rogan. <laughs> You should be. Maybe you will be. And on top of it, here's what happens. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a podcaster. I'm in the trenches every day with these patients. And I have hundreds of doctors. I've taught thousands of them. See, that's the point. I'm in, I said, listen, I don't, I'm not going to be on Joe Rogan to actually be, try to get in and talk about myself. I'm sitting there going, you got patients, you're suffering. We have answers. We have answers for you. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to show people. We have answers for you to where Trump, Biden, Democrats, Republicans, even the medical system has no answers. Getting them through COVID does not make them healthy. Amen, brother. Amen. All right, let's talk about, let's go dive in deeper the women and why they're so complicated. Ooh, and love it. I also want to talk about birth control because I see so many women with that have been on birth control in the past, and it just, it's a horrible drug. Horrible. Yeah. We have to understand the stages of life when it comes to a woman. Number one, obviously, childbearing, child years. Well, both young men and young women have about the same hormones. That's why if you look at labs and measure them, they're very similar. But then they have puberty. Now, the one thing about a male, they have significant increase of hormones, and they stay very stable their whole life. They say, no, doc, my doctor told me that testosterone drops down as we get older. Yes, if you're under their care, because they don't know how to take care of hormones. So they, by nature, drop. So it's common. It doesn't mean it's normal. Now, with a young lady, when they hit cycle years, and it's gotten younger as time has gone on, because we've created so many endocrine disruptors mm -hmm. and estrogens that trigger women to cycle too early. You go back 100 years ago, the average cycle started 16, 17 years old. Right. The purpose of a cycle is fertility and actually having babies. 
You know, Sam, I've actually clinically had a person, a little young girl come in at Harris Cycle at seven years old. All right. Whoa. And a lot of kids in there, nine and 10 years old. But here's what happens. The, but that's the key. It's cycles. So it cycles on the roughly average of 28 days. Ladies, if you cycle every 26 days or 32, I'm okay with it. It should be a little bit more towards the 30 to 28, 30 day that way. But if you're below 26 or over 32, there's some hormone, major hormonal issues. So now, but what they do, it, and I sat there, and ladies, if you were just to look at a female cycle during the month, I realized that when I was looking at the changes in female hormones, that they change roughly every single week. Now, if you understand that about a woman, just like a guy, and that's why they don't think guys cycle and guys do cycle. Their cycles is very minimal because testosterone is a little higher in the morning than it is at night. Women cycles over the course of 30 days. And what happens is this, they really change about every week. That means a woman physically and mentally is different every week. So I always tell guys, when you marry a woman, you really marry four different women. <laughs> no, you did. You saying? And because males don't understand that, they emotionally think something is wrong. Women don't understand that, so they think something is wrong, and they say, Doc, I feel like my hormones are all over the place. Yeah, it's called being a woman. Now, I'm not saying there can't be some disruptions, but your physical and mental changes happen when your hormones change. And guys have very little change with the exception of just morning to night with a little less testosterone. So therefore, guess what happens? Ladies, if you don't understand where your cycle is at at all times, you don't understand the physical or mental capability of your, what's going on with you internally because it changes even the physical aspect of your body. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. One week you put on your bra and it's all nice and full. The next week you put it on and it's a bunch of shriveled raisins. There's a physical change that goes on week by week, but there's also mental changes. Now, here's what happens. If you look at the production, so now let's look at production of hormones, just like guys. Yes, you need LH and FSH to actually really dominate your production, but then there's multiple tissues that produce hormones. There's actually, there's the ovaries. We know that because a lot of women don't understand how their hormones are produced. Do you understand? I've never had a medical doctor actually tell me or a nurse practitioner or any other medical people or any natural people tell me how the ovary produces hormones. And I'm still to this day, I've never anybody tell me it. I'm like, then how do you know what to do to help them produce hormones? Now, let me give you an example. If you were to look at the ovary itself, it's full of these little follicles, okay? And they're primordial, which means they're not developed yet. Do you know that when a child is born, and I have four daughters, when they were born, all those follicles were in there. Now, why that's fascinating is this. When those follicles are stimulated by the brain eventually during puberty, by FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, they start to grow and eventually produce an egg. So that means all of my grandchildren are inside my daughters, even though two of them aren't even cyclic yet. That should fascinate you. That should fascinate you. But you know what is scary to me? You know this. I know how educated you are. When Pfizer came out with its study, what is the number one area that the nanolipid particle conglomerated to in people? 
especially women. What organ? The ovaries. Hmm. Giving okay. a five, giving a five-year-old a shot, mm. a six-year-old, a seven-year-old can lead to follicle damage, which is going to affect their fertility later in life and their hormone production. It's mm. why women that got the shot or even around vaccinated people that the spike protein can actually become transmissible. They're now proving that. So they shed it. They can commonly to the ovaries because an ovary is a very fat dominated organ. That's why the lipid nanoparticle is, is attracted to it. And therefore, that growth and development, that follicle, actually is where the estrogens are released. See, that's why you need to make sure you're giving the body what it needs to actually for follicular development. So I say, let's say the ovaries produce hormones. Okay, doc, how does it produce it? Oh, uh, the ovaries produce it. How? Talk to me. Let's talk great biochemistry and anatomy. So then, do you understand that birth control manipulates follicle development? And that's why infertility can be a bad problem. I'm scared of anything that manipulates follicles. But why aren't we teaching young ladies this? If you understand that Pfizer study that they hid about what the vaccine does to ovaries, well, we don't know if it's going to affect infertility. It damages the follicles. Mm. But guess what happens? What if I told you there's things you can do to feed those follicles, to regenerate those follicles? Mm. Because I'm a carpenter doctor. Right. See, then you get great hormone production. But then that's not the only organ that does it. It's also our adrenals. Hold the phone. <laughs> so therefore, any stress can affect our adrenal production from chemical to mental to physical to actually emotional. And guess what happens? It's why a woman that gets mentally stressed out can even throw off her cycle. That's why a woman is more susceptible to stress damages than a guy is. But then guess what? There's still another tissue that's, that is needed for hormone production. It's called adipose tissue. See, when you understand that, so when I see these women exercise so heavily, mm -hmm and reduce their fat tissue, they wonder why they're hormonally deficient and can't get pregnant, even though they have a six-pack. Ladies, you're not supposed to have six-packs. I don't care what CrossFit women tell you. I don't care what gym owners tell you. That's why if you notice young athletes, that girls that do not know how to take care of their hormones can skip and even miss their cycle. Mm -hmm. They say, don't worry, it's common in young athletes. That does not mean it's normal. Do not confuse common with normal. The reason why you're skipping your cycle is because you're under the care of a doctor who doesn't know how to take care of your hormones to support them and help them be produced. See, I know it sounds like simple concepts, and so anatomy and physiology and biochemistry sound. No one put it in the practice before I started doing it. And so now, here's the kicker. It actually has to cycle and go up and down over the course of four weeks. So that's why women have to be so much more careful during their cyclic years because they have to know where they are. Because when hormones are high in that second and third week, you better be giving great things for your body to actually have that high production because you won't. Or you got to be careful that you don't have too much fat and produce too much estrogen that can actually convert to 4-hydroxy and cause problems. 
You have to make sure you don't have too little fat that you can't produce hormones. You got to make sure that your stress levels aren't so psychotic that's draining your hormones. You got to make sure that you're giving your body, your ovaries, what it needs to be able to produce those levels so the egg and follicle can develop. See, it's so much more complicated. Mm -hmm. But what if I told you there is a way? But the only way that you know is by testing them completely. And just by getting estradiable through the blood or esterone if you're menopausal, I know all your listeners thinking, they're clueless when it comes to hormones. Oh, yeah. Doctors are totally clueless. Most they of them. are. Even endocrinologists. Endocrinologists, once again, all these doctors are taught manipulation. Mm-hmm. They're not taught restoration. See, that's why you need to go to doctors that act and think differently so you get different results. Because people are not getting the clinical results they desire. So they find crazy doctors like us. They find the people they censor. <laughs> they find stuff. But then right. that we sit down and we come up with an individual plan for each one of them. And then on top of it, the plan changes. You would say, I'm, take a single lady and then gets married. She has different stressors, including that guy. You say, I'm, and then yep. a transition from cyclic to menopausal years. See, who's guiding these women? Oh, here. There are these problems here, take birth control, right. which is known as an endocrine disruptor. We're trying to not disrupt the hormones. And they're the experts. No, they actually just control censorship. They control the media. But you know what some of this? Like I said, I built the wellness way huge before I even got on YouTube. Before I even, do you understand? I was against media till about five and a half years ago. So I was already 18 years in practice, had offices all over. I didn't need media. I'm thank God I have it now. I wish I would have done it earlier, but I was, see, that's the thing. People don't realize I'm not trying to be on media. I'm trying to be, give answers to sick people, answers to infertile women, answers to women that have bad periods, answers to males that can't have erections, answers for all these things. So my whole focus has always been clinical. I'm not trying to get on Joe's podcast. I'm not trying to get on people's podcasts. I'm trying to actually say, listen, that, I'm going to be in the trenches with all you sick people. And I'm going to give you different direction than you've ever heard before. And when I mean by we, I mean my whole company, not just me individually. Yeah, no, that's good though. I mean, and bravo to you. I mean, cause that's, I mean, that's why I got into this realm is because yep. I was sick. Yep. And I revert and the doctor handed me a prescription, five prescriptions. And I threw them in the, in his trash right in front of him. He said, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to fix this. Yep. I'm going to figure out how to fix this without, my dad died of this, and I'm not going to die of this. I'm going to fix it. And he Love looked it. at me like I was a crazy man. And he said, I'll see you in six months. And I, I came back in six months, and I was working my way towards that thing. But now there's a lot of stressors. There's a lot of stressors in running a business like you run. But <clears throat> it comes down to it, it, it comes down to taking care of yourself first. It still comes down to that. And that's why when a doctor, now this is going to sound controversial, but follow me on this. Because I think the audience is really starting to understand that there is an individualized stress response that contributes to most people's hormonal problems. And emotional being number one for women. So when a medical doctor or a functional medicine doctor or an integrative doctor looks at a person and says, I can help you, do you understand? That's actually a physical lie. You say, I know what they're trying to say, but when you tell a person that you can help them, 
they almost take that burden and put it on you. And I've always told people, I'm a tour guide. I can show you the way, but here's what happens this. If you don't jump on the bus and actually deal with these things and take your responsibility during the tour, I can't, you think I'm joking? I can honestly tell you some things. And I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you where natural medicine has a place instead of using a drug. So I was so surprised after 20 years of how much physical abuse women go through. Mm-hmm. I can't even think about this. I have such a beautiful, wonderful wife of 20 years. I have four daughters. I can't imagine raising a hand to a woman that way. Cause I don't care what feminists say men can really hurt a woman. Mm-hmm. And for the three women that exercise like crazy and beat up a man. Okay, great. Okay. That's not the norm. I was actually so devastated when I'm like, you got hit. What? That leads to a lot of physical and mental, emotional abuse which can actually lead to health problems. And I said, listen, that's contributing to your illness. You need to get rid of it. And women will stay there. And that stress will be there. And the only thing where I think natural medicine can do a wonderful thing, give them CBD, give them California poppy, give them valerian if they can't sleep, give them things to compensate for that stress. But you're going to be stuck on these things naturally for the rest of your life until you get rid of the stressor. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. I'm, it's better than taking some SSRI. It's better than that. So, I'm, I, so once, once again, when I distinguish where these people will never figure it out, it's not from a standpoint, I don't think there's a need for medicine, a need for, for natural medicine. And they're wrong. I give things to feed hormones all the time, but I don't give it from a standpoint of trying to use it like a drug. But understand when you look at these things, heck, I, understand, I can honestly tell you, and I'm not against marijuana. I think all marijuana should be legal. I'm against smoking marijuana. And stuff, I don't think everybody should say smoke anything. But I understand why drugs themselves are abused because of the compounding amount of mental stress women go through. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind away. I was like so blown away. And therefore, I look at a patient and say, listen, I'm happy California poppy keeps you mentally stable, but you got to get rid of the stress. So I'm not telling them ever, I can help you. Right. This is something that... We have to participate, take my expertise to guide you. But if you think I'm going to take on that burden of abusive husband, I'm using a dramatic example, I can't help you. What I mean is this, because he's yelling at you, he hits you, that fight or flight response comes. Mm -hmm. So how am I going to say I can help you just by giving you a magic herb? Right. See, and that's why, and, and and I talk to medical doctors about this. You know what the only answer I ever got from one clinician? He said, but if we don't tell them we can help them, we lose our authority. I'm like, since when is medicine an authority to control what they do? So I have so much different perspective on what a doctor really is. I don't want to be their authority. I want to walk alongside them in this rough, stressful world to try to give them the best chance to build the best body they can. And our clinical results have spoken for itself. Now, let's talk about your clinic. A little bit because it's the wellness way, right? Yep. yep. They're all over the United States and Europe and Hawaii. And, yeah. You built a you built quite a metropolis there. Working on it. Yeah. I believe that I believe we're a small company and people think, well, I got uh, look at all the things. No, 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 no. No, there's there's six billion people. I got ways to go. Okay. That's good. It's the wellness way. Mm-hmm. And drpatrickflynn.com. Yeah, that's just my that's that, just my speaking one. 
The wellness way is the primary website. I don't even usually tell people about drpatrickflynn.com because okay. that's just my big hormone connection seminar, which is very popular all over the world. Like I spoke five times last week and I got to speak uh, to no joke. There's about 10,000 people coming to an event that I'm going to be at uh, this Friday. And it's kind of nice because I get to speak at big events. I've spoken the seminar to five people and I've spoken to thousands of people at events. And that's what the, 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 you can see where I speak, but no joke. It sounds interesting. My seminar may be coming to an end soon and stuff. You're going to um, take a break? You know, it's really funny. Um, as I tell people, I never meant to ever try to be a speaker. Right. Uh, I never meant to be interviewed. It just became a demand. But uh, um, we are, our clinics are making a big impact all over, and I still have the focus on clinics. So we are, we're going to, we're actually no joke and, and no, no joke. We're probably going to double in the next year, just the amount of clinics and everything. And I'm so obsessed with my doctors giving great care. I'm so obsessed with my nurses. I'm so obsessed with uh, um, every professional that works under our stuff, giving great clinical care because they have the results. So that's my obsession. So I train them a lot and I spend a lot of time with them. Um, so I know my seminar is very popular, but I think I'm going to take a break for a while if I ever do it again. Um, yes, it, it's an incredible message. It's a three-hour seminar that I have you on your seat for three hours. It's not a joke. And um, it's just that I'm so obsessed clinically. That's, that's why I can tell people that way, that nothing brings me more joy than let's say I have an office in Colorado and I go out there and I sit a day with them and their patients and to hear the you know, doc you know, told I can never have children and here's my second baby. Doc, they were going to rip up my uterus. Doc, uh, I'm suffering from impotence and now my testosterone's normal. That still brings more joy than anything. It really does. Well, look at so, that, yeah. I just yeah. looked at this up. You have two clinics in Georgia. Yep. Swanee and Ackworth. Yep. So long story short, and, and, and I want people, I want people to have a great clinical experience. And, um, and that's my obsession. So okay. speaking, speaking, you know, is great because I get to share some ideas, but there's nothing like having a person come into an office and having their life changed. That's, I love watching people, especially when you, when it first clicks with them, mm -hmm. when you're working with them for like 60 days and they, after the first 30, they start believing in you because they're seeing some change. Yep. And then it starts happening and all of a sudden they're like, Wow. It's just yep. like, it's just like, it's like looking, it's like driving up a pile of waterfalls in the middle of the forest. Yep. It's yep. like, oh, holy mackerel. I feel like fantastic. Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new world for them. Oh, yeah. And I, I love watching it yep. progress. And now the, the first 90 days is never easy, but you get them there and then they start to realize. Wow, I can I sleep good at night. I wake up in the morning, I feel refreshed. And yep. just just tweaking the littlest things and watching them change is a, and that I loved watching that. It's amazing to me. Yep. And 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 I and I want to because you know I'm big on language and analogies. Our tweaks that we do, as you were talking about the tweaks, it's actually really removing their stressors. Right. Because we have to understand that the body's always going to respond to that stress. Right. And, and so by guiding them in that way, and, and they're on, if they're eating something bad, that's a stress. Your body doesn't know moderation. It's either stressful or not, and stuff like that. So when people say, doc, I, I just ate something bad over the, over the summer, but or over the over holidays, but my grandma said everything's okay in moderation. Your actually grandma made you sick. 
Oh yeah. I, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you and the audience right now. It's like, I've been through a very stressful 10 month period and I can tell what it's doing to me. And I, I just, and matter of fact, this morning I was, when I was out doing my prayer and journaling, I was like, okay, I need to make some changes and go back to some of my self-care routines that I got away from, you know, and just the little things and tweak them back. Yep. Uh, because otherwise I'm going to go down that cascade and I don't want to go there. Yep. And, so. and I want the, and I want the audience to know, unless you get hit by a car, there's no thing that you're suffering right now that didn't start by just putting one little pebble in your shoe. If I put a pebble in your shoe right now and I ask you to walk around all day and I call you just at 10 o'clock tonight, that 12 hours feels like an eternity. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the stress effects from blood pressure to pain to blood glucose to mental changes is dramatic. And we're just talking 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. Getting rid of toxic people can make a huge difference in your life. Well, they're a stress. Yep. I, and I tell you, I can honestly tell you, that's why when I talk about, so give people a little secret at my seminar. I do talk about when I dug in the deep as far to find the number one thing that throws off women's hormones and it's stress. Right. And then I ask women, I say, women, uh, who stresses out more men or women? They say women. I say, who causes women the most stress? And everybody yells men. What? Really? And so, yes, women by <laughs> far. I have, I have surveyed tens of thousands of women. And I can tell you 99.9% of them said their number one stressor is men. Hmm. And, um, and that's true. Now I know it's something funny because my seminar turned out as a hormone seminar. And now that book you saw there right. actually turned into a, I have some churches that use that as premarital counseling. I have some people because you understand men and women are affected differently by stress and also how we think and act is differently. And I'm trying to show men saying, listen, you can be a big contributor to your wife's illness. Or you can be one of the biggest things to help her recover from it. Because women are different than men. Their emotions are different. Um, guys' testosterone keeps us very confident. Women don't have that and stuff like that. So it's a whole nother discussion. Then that's actually my three-hour seminar. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, before we close out, the book's called I Disagree. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the final chapters of I Disagree. And then we're going to wrap it up because, and we don't really want to give them too much because we want them to read the book. Cause it's a fan. If anybody out there is listening, wants a very good book to read about your health and your future health and your children's health and your wife's health or anybody's health. I disagree. It's probably one of the better books that I have on my library. Well, thank you. And I've got a lot. I mean, my library has got, Oh, even I got a book from Trump on there. I didn't even notice that. I just looked over and saw Trump. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's really spot on. And, and, and you're amazing at what you do. And I appreciate you taking the time with me today for sure. Thank and you. This is, and, uh, but let's talk about I disagree. Because yep. there comes a point in our time when we have to look at the doctor or whoever's treating you and say, I disagree with you. Yes. True. But see, I think what happens this, even before that, so it doesn't even lead to that kind of conversation. If you understand the fire department and carpenter example, you'll understand what doctor you need. I guarantee the majority of people that are listening right now 
their whole life, even if it's not right now, their whole life they've been guided by a fire department doctor trying to achieve health, and that's unattainable. Just like if you if you and this has happened, this has physically happened, and you're going to laugh at it, but it's the same idea. I've had patients trust me so much that their child broke their arm. They came here first. I'm like, what are you doing here? Get to the emergency room. You need drugs and surgery. See, if I guided them and didn't send them to the right professional, it'd be detrimental for them long-term. But you're never going to get the fighter from a doctor say, you know something? I want you to see somebody that thinks like Dr. Flynn. And if something comes up bad, I got the drug and surgery to get you through it. Would that be ideal for the cost effectiveness of healthcare and everything like that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely would. See, so what happens is this. I'm hoping you never have to tell a doctor you disagree with something. I'm hoping that you go to the medical professional during the right time at the right place and agree with his assessment. I, you know, I'm hoping that you come to a person like me for that proper assessment. And that's why medical people love my analogies because it's very physiological, biochemically, and gives credit to wonderful doctors of all kinds of what they do. Mm-hmm. Just that when you, when you say natural medical fight, I think it's the same thinking. If you look at medical medical fight, I think it's the same thinking. But see, a carpenter doctor knows his expertise and knows what he doesn't do. I don't fix break, broken arms. And I've literally had happen more than once. But doc, I'm so nervous uh, you know, about drug or surgery. Yes, it may have side effects, but get it cut open and find a really good surgeon. Go to the hospital, emergency room. And see, you don't have to say, I disagree when you're allowed freedom of choice. See, you have to say, I disagree when they try to say, everybody needs to take the vaccine. Nah, I disagree. I, they, you say, I disagree when an arrogant doctor looks and says, this is the only thing you can do. Mm. And that does happen a lot. Do you say, Sam? Yep. And I think, I think one of the greatest things that ever happened to society is the internet. Because when I started practicing in the 90s, there was Jesus, and then the medical doctor was right underneath him. Now, because the internet, and people started to go, hey. And that's why people get censored. That's why people, that's why medical doctors hate the internet. Because you don't have to listen to their bullcrap anymore. And a lot of it's bullcrap, and they make yeah. stuff up on the way. Yeah. Yep. But you know what's this? If my daughter breaks her arm, which no, none of my daughters have, I'm going to St. Mary, St. Vincent, Aurora, whatever has a good surgeon. And they're going to put an IV in my daughter's arm, just like using the hose. They're going to pump a drug into their body. Yes, there could be negative side effects, but I'm going to take that chance because whenever there's a risk, there should be a choice. And allow that surgeon to do his great work. I'm going to pay him. I'm going to be happy about it. I'm going to hug him. And I speak great words about him. Now, if he said, now, we need to do these things and keep it on a drug the rest of your life, I'm going to say I disagree. Right. Because that would make no clinical sense. Yeah. See, it's not that difficult. Right. Like my sister went, goes in a bad car accident up in Michigan, and she, a deer came through the windshield and hit her in the face. Yeah. Put her head into the window, the side window, yep. and suffered a major, major brain. And I'm so grateful for the physicians that treated her because that's what the triage or fixing that, if it wasn't for physicians, that would have never happened. She would have died possibly. Right. right. But remember, but here's, here's the thing. And, and, and I think that they're educated. I think that we have advancement of technology. But, if you, but here's what happens, this. 
any fire that needs to be put out, is get my analogy, there might even be a little destruction to even save the house. You need a carpenter doctor to start building. Mm-hmm. And, there, and here's what happens, guys. There might be permanent damage that you may never be able to recover from. Right. We understand that. Yep. But the majority of people, their body is so amazing and regenerates constantly. Mm-hmm. Daily. Yep. Daily. Hourly, minutes. Yep. All right. Before we go, is there anything you want to say before we close out? Um, I'm so appreciative because like I said before, I start just a country boy up in Northern Wisconsin, living in the woods, you know, actually just came up with the idea that has now spread a lot. We've helped not joke with all our clinics and all these years, millions of people and people have to take the choice to listen to this. I'm actually, I'm hoping my ideas resonate with a lot of you, but I actually just want to thank everybody for listening because I'm very appreciative any time that I get to spend with anybody because people's time to me is the most valuable thing in the world because that's the thing that's very limited is our time. So I just want to say thank you for everybody to listen to this country boy sharing some ideas, just has ideas that can be very impactful for your life. It's a form of healthcare that I believe everybody needs. It's not the only form of healthcare. I just believe it's a very unique set that can lead people to great answers and to live a good life. And I think that's what we all want for everybody. Want people to live happy, healthy, fulfilled lives because if you're sick for one day, it feels like an eternity. Mm-hmm. Amen. One question that I ask all my guests before we go, and it has nothing to do with this topic at all, but if Ms. Dr. Flynn had any 30, 45 minutes just to chill out, what album or artist would you put on to listen to? Journey's my favorite band by far. Okay. I love Journey. I mean, no joke. I can honestly tell you, I'm an 80s music person too. <laughs> so, but Journey's by far my number okay. one thing, by far. Are you going to go see him on this coming tour? Or I can't get over the old band. Yeah, I yeah, still yeah. think I just... Uh, it's really yeah. Neil Sean's the only one left. Yep, yep. So it's like, I'm going to die listening to Don't Stop Believing. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much for taking your time. I appreciate you. Uh, and I, man, I man, I appreciate you. I was so looking for. I was geeked when I, you reached out, or they reached out to me, and I was yep. like, man, I can't wait. Yep. So, thank you. Thank you for letting me share some ideas with your audience. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.